It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's Steelers Week Part 2. Do we still call it Steelers Week? Anyway, the Bengals still need their first division win. Let's talk about how they can get it this weekend in Pittsburgh. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of the Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And as I always say, we appreciate all of you who subscribe on YouTube, who follow wherever you get your audio version of the podcast. And especially those of you who make us your first listener, first watch of the day. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. Simply Safe 24/7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com/lockedonnfl to learn more. And James, I asked the question, do we still call it Steelers week because historically this is the biggest rival for the Bengals, at least recently for the last 20 years or so. They're a little bit toothless right now, but they did beat the Bengals in week one. So I guess as the Bengals are looking for a revenge game, I know you talked with Chris about all of that yesterday. I guess we can call it Steelers week part two. <laughs> There's still an edge to this week, right? Yeah, it's must win week. There we go. I use that again. In this time, I, I think it it matters as much as any because name a, a path to the AFC North title, which already looks tough when you compare schedules with the Ravens, mm-hmm. with a loss this week. Bet you can't do it. Not a realistic path. And name a division champ that started 0-4. And so when you talk to players in the locker room this week, guess what they were telling me? Well, yeah, we still want to win the division. Joe Burrow said that, right? That's still a goal. They're only a game out. So you, you got to handle business and get your first division win. So this is a huge, huge game for a variety of reasons. And I didn't even mention the clump of teams that is in the, that are in the, the playoff hunt, one of which would be the Steelers technically if they're able to beat the Bengals on Sunday. So this is a, a big win, uh, big game for the Bengals, and they need to get a win. Yeah, it's – Something that I think we're going to be saying a lot for the remainder of the year. We joked about this last year, and I joked about it a a week or two ago. Like, we're going to start calling every game a must-win game because that's kind of where they are. Yeah, and that's fair. But, like, winning Sunday against the Steelers is more important than next week against the Titans. Like, you know, so winning Sunday against the Steelers, to me, is a must-win. Winning against the Chiefs, as awesome as it would be, well, they're winning their division anyways, so it's it's not like you're competing with them for a wild card. So, and not that you're competing with the Steelers for a wild card, but you need to get a win in this division to stay in the hunt there. So, I just I think this one just matters a little bit more. And on paper, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy, 
it might be their easiest game remaining on the schedule, which is a testament to how tough the final eight games are. Yeah. I mean, depending on what's going on with the Patriots by that point in the year, that's the other one you look at, but they still play really good Bill Belichick defense. The Titans, again, you could talk about on paper. There's some vulnerabilities there, but they're still doing creative things with their defensive front. Getting pressure on quarterbacks can create problems. Anyway, this is all to say this is a big game for the Bengals, regardless of how the Steelers' year is going. They're 3-6. and They have a negative 67-point point differential, which is the worst in the NFL. Not just the AFC, the worst point differential in the NFL period, and and I'm sure they've got some lopsided losses like 38 to three against the Bills, 35 to 13 against the Eagles out there in their history to go along with some very narrow 3.2 points and 10 point wins. But it's still an important game. It's an AFC North game. It's the second time these teams have played. The weather is getting colder. There's a lot of ingredients that say this could still be a close game no matter what you think the skill gap is between these teams. And I would say, especially if Jamar Chase were healthy for this game, it should be a sizable skill gap. We, I, I just referenced a couple of the blowout losses the Steelers have taken to some of those teams that are seen more unanimously as elite in the NFL. And and remember, James, earlier this year, what would the Bengals do if, if they were one of those teams to a team like the Steelers? You, you would say, mm-hmm. what would the Bills do to this team? They wouldn't stumble their way to missing an extra point in a field goal to, to win the game, they would blow them out. And while that might not happen on Sunday, because the ingredients may or may not be there for that sort of game, it is a, a very important game for sure. And so to me, getting into some of the keys to winning this game, I know you and Chris talked about game script yesterday, and, and he reflected on, his week one prediction when he said, you know, if there's turnovers, that's how the Steelers can get in the game and that's how they can win and all those things. And I said, Mm -hmm. if things are week one weird and chaotic and crazy, that's how the Steelers can get in the game and win the game. The the most obvious thing to me is, to Joe Burrow's point, don't don't turn the ball over. you got to take care of the ball in this game. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals offense going against a rookie quarterback, going against an offense that hasn't been very good this year. They're 140 points scored on offense for the Steelers near the bottom of the NFL. So you got to take care of the ball for me on the offensive side of the ball because that seems to be how the Steelers could or or most like find their most likely path mm-hmm. to, to making this game competitive or trying to sneak a win out. I mean, the Bengals seemingly... Steelers have been shorthanded on defense for essentially the entire year. And the only time they've been whole is, well, against the Bengals because Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt were available week one, and that hasn't been the case. And it will be the case potentially on Sunday, Minka Fitzpatrick a full participant on Thursday, TJ Watt back. And you're right. the, The turnover factor can't have a pick six early, can't have a fumble early, be buttoned up, find a way to grab some momentum. Because if you grab some momentum, we've seen the way this team plays from ahead. And it doesn't mean I'm calling them front runners, but it just when the script goes to plan, everything's all right. And when it doesn't, well, you could see what happened in Cleveland. You think the Cleveland Browns are that much better than the Bengals? No. 
I, on paper, I don't think they're better than the Bengals, but it got away. And that was the game where it really unraveled on the road. The Bengals almost need to do the opposite, I think, is get off to uh, a fast start, protect the ball, hopefully find a ground game, which the Steelers have been better against the run this year than they were last year and, and certainly recently. And I, I thought they were going to be able to run the ball against them week one. Mixon got dinged up. The offensive line was working through some things. This needs to be the time, I, I think, where the the ground game, again, isn't amazing. I'm not expecting 200-plus. Can you be efficient? Can you go out there and get yards regularly to take some pressure off of Burrow? Because if you do that, then I think Burrow's more than likely going to make all the right decisions outside of maybe a player or two. TJ Watt, it'll be less likely that he wrecks the game. Mm-hmm. And the other one here, and it's a big matchup, Jonah Williams, Alex Highsmith, and we talked about it. Uh, yeah, I talked about it with Chris. Man, you, you you would like Jonah's chances on paper, but Alex Eismith is having a really good year and mm-hmm. had the best of Jonah in week one. And who knows, maybe this is a guy that just has Jonah's number. Hopefully not the case, but that's it's something I don't want to leave to chance by trailing 10 nothing midway through the first quarter or midway through the second quarter where this offense has to drop back and pass it all game long. Yeah, they had 100 plays, 100-plus plays. In week one, which was crazy, Alex Highsmith on the field for 83 of those and and racked Ooh. up six pressures in that game. And he's coming off his best game, according to PFF anyway. Just had a two-sack performance in his highest-graded pass-rushing game against the New Orleans Saints. You would hope that Jonah, with some rest, if that knee has been bugging him, could bounce back this week. You would hope that Lyle Collins, with the extra rest of the bye week, with the rest on Wednesday in practice, uh, getting an extra day, continues to build, and and those guys get going in the right direction because this is still a really good defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're whole, and they haven't been whole since week one, like you said, James. So let's continue to talk about some of those matchups, and I agree with you. that They can't let these edge rushers be game wreckers because we've seen that happen too many times with this team this year. So let's talk about those guys coming up next. But first a word from Tommy John, because getting stuck in black Friday crowds is super uncomfortable. You know, what's super duper comfortable Tommy John. And you need to get a little Tommy John in your life because when you can give your loved ones, Tommy John, they're much more comfortable so they can do everything better. In fact, the Bengals, they Brian Callahan should get the entire offense, Tommy John, or maybe Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, might make a little bit more coin. Sorry, Brian, didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, you can get Tommy John for the defense. I think highest paid, that would be fair to say. The point is, is Tommy John is having their Black Friday sale right now. And so even if you're buying for an entire side of the ball, you're going to save a bunch of money with promo code locked on. You're going to get 30% off site-wide. So from the brand new underwear, loungewear, pajamas, save right now. Over 18 million Pairs sold 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. They don't just have customers, they have fanatics. So check them out right now. Tommy John's Black Friday sale is live right now. So go there, tommyjohn.com slash locked on. That's tommyjohn.com slash locked on to get 30% off site wide. Tommy Don, tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode, is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, 
day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sounds like a good time to get cozy and comfy. Yep. And hopefully on there now. that's the case for Joe Burrow in the pocket, right? And And you talked about some of the ingredients there. Getting off to a fast start, certainly. Getting the run game going, that is the big question for me in this game. I know you guys talked about it on the crossover. And and to Chris, the Steelers stopping the Bengals' run game is is a big component for them. And I think I agree. If if the Steelers can make the Bengals Mm one-dimensional, I think the Bengals can still find some success on offense, but it probably isn't as consistent because what have they struggled with this year? They've struggled with the TJ Watts and, and the Micah Parsons is of the NFL. And this is a defensive line that also has a Cam Hayward and an Alex Heisman. Yeah. Both really, really good players. And hey, even a Larry Ogunjobi, who I think was limited on Thursday, but we know that he can be disruptive and make those splashy plays. We saw him do it with the Bengals last year. Mm-hmm. So there, there are four guys on this defensive line that can each contribute to drive wrecking plays or game wrecking plays if, if you let them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Larry Ogunjobi, by the way, Zach Taylor doing more than hinting that the Bengals were in on him or, and trying to get him to come back before he signed with Pittsburgh. Mm. So I, I thought that was an interesting nugget. Yeah. It's, uh, and I do think he's going to play, by the way, from mm. the sound of it. They just kind of let him go through the week, you know, like any veteran at this point. It's a big test for this offensive line, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. the interior seems to be getting it into gear, the tackles, there are question marks with both guys. What a test. Because if, if they go out and they, they do the job, and of course the rushing attack, I agree with you, but whether it's opening up lanes, whether it's pass blocking, whatever the case, if they win this matchup from a unit standpoint, odds are we're going to be feeling pretty good, I would say, about this offensive line moving forward. I know I will. Now, game script has a lot to do with that, but they – they have something to prove over the, the next eight weeks. Jonah Williams, certainly. I think Lyle Collins does. Cordell Volson's a, a rookie that is always going to have something to, to prove. Cap has been the best of the group. Ted Karras right there along with him. But those guys could still, you know, it's not like they're perfect. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see because they might be up for that challenge. And can this unit be what we all thought coming into the year in the second half of the season? It'd be nice for them to set the tone early on Sunday and in on the first of these eight game, uh, this eight game stretch. So whether it's the run game, which I agree, I think if you can have just some of that, mm-hmm. some of that carry over from Carolina, it will go a long way. Um, but that starts with the offensive line, of course, because Mixon, he had Carolina uh, defenders near him in the backfield about as close as we are, Jake. And we're what thousands and thousands of miles away from each other right now as we record this. That's right. And it would do a, a lot in terms of inspiring confidence. And I, I do think it's very much a week to week league in the NFL right now where sure. it's really hard to, to really take too much away from individual games. And you see people, I tweeted about this this week and, and caught a little bit of flack and some DMS about it. You see people really reactionary to, to what happened the previous week. And, you know, two out of the last three Bengals games have been blowouts in their favor three out of the last four Bengals games have been fantastic on offense. And and that's even with a slow start against the saints. So 
there could be some trends here. They're going in the right direction. Those three games that were really good for the Bengals were against the AFC South, though. And now we're back into the AFC North. And not only is it TJ Watt and Cam Hayward this week, and if they get if, if the offensive line can play up to that challenge, that's great. But then it's the Titans defensive front that gave them fits. And then it's Chris Jones. And then it's Miles Garrett again. And then it's whoever Tampa Bay is running out there with their incredibly productive over the last few years defensive front. And, and then it's Von Miller down the road. I mean, it doesn't let up. So if they can get off in the second half to a good start against a really good defensive line, it feels like that could be a building block, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we started to see signs of this before the bye week because even if those AFC South teams aren't very good, the Panthers in particular have some really good players on their defensive front, and the Bengals are pretty good in that game. In mm-hmm. the trenches, really good in that game in the trenches. And so an opportunity here to reprise that performance and and continue building in the right direction there. Well, it would be back to back games mm-hmm. and it would be, OK, well, Brian Burns, the Rams offered two firsts and apparently a second for you. And they were able to take him out. They were able to handle Carolina. OK, well, it's just Carolina and you beat him up early and it, the game got away from them. OK, well, what about going on the road and doing it against Pittsburgh? Right. And and the, you're right. The bar is always going to get moved. But I hope we get to the point I talk about equity a ton, probably more than any sports podcast host in the country. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I want this O-line to build up a little equity because for years and years and years, it was the worst offensive line in the NFL. Maybe not statistically, but my God, no one had confidence in it. Nobody, nobody. And so let's build a little confidence to where – Maybe by the end of the year, people like the most casual fans, not knocking casual fans, but the most casual fans, like even ones that don't listen to our pod, because a lot of diehards usually listen to a daily Bengals podcast, right? When they mention or find out, you know, I podcast about the Bengals and cover the, they always say, oh man, they better protect Burrow. At some point, I want that narrative to change a little, a little. Yeah. And so maybe they could do that in the second half. This is almost mm-hmm. like a second half goals thing, but it, but it starts against Pittsburgh and a lot of people are going to be watching in that 425 slot. So it's a good way to to kind of change that perception. Yeah. And and if they do their job and Joe Mixon continues to play the way that he was playing against Carolina, then the run game could be productive again. Maybe not as productive, right? Maybe not record setting, historical top 10 performance according to seven touchdowns. Outsiders. Seven, maybe not. Right. But like maybe it's four and a half yards of carry, which is a goal that we've talked about on this podcast a lot. Right. It keeps the defense honest. It means that they can't just sit back and play the cover two stuff and stay too high the whole game and pin their ears back and let them get home with four. It means that they have to play more honestly in their front, in their in their boxes. And so that goes a long way to helping Joe Burrow in the passing offense. And like Brian Callahan talked to us about when we had him on. Joe Burrow's making the right decisions. Like you said, he's making the right decisions. He knows when he needs to take what the defense is giving him. He knows when he needs to extend the play and make something happen outside of structure right now. And if you can make that part of his job easier by protecting well, by running the ball well, then without Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow can still thrive in the offense with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and Hayden Hurst and whoever's rotating at the other receiver spot. Maybe it's another Trenton Irwin week, right? Where it seemed like he was getting the lion's share of the targets out of that third receiver spot. So it's, it's obviously Trent Taylor. A, yeah. Trent Taylor. Yeah. He, on the he, he was get, 
Yeah, it, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah Trent Taylor was in the mix too. You're good. Yeah. So it, it, it just goes to show, you know, that the whole idea of complementary football, people talk about offense, defense, complementary football. It, it, it also obviously exists within the sphere of the offense itself. And, and there's a reason that we've been talking about running the ball, even though this is a passing offense, this is always going to be a pass first offense when it's Joe Burrow. But when you can run be. the ball effectively, it, I mean, philosophically, I think it is even if they do try to run the ball from time to time, right? But mm-hmm. um, if if you can run the ball that well, like Joe Burrow said, nobody in the NFL is going to be able to hang with them. That being said, I, I'm talking about all this and giving the, the Bengals defense a, a lot of credit here. I'm making an assumption that the Bengals defense will be able to do to the Steelers Ooh. really what they did in week one. But there's no Shadobe Awuzia this time. There's also no Chase Claypool this time, and there's a new quarterback out there for the Steelers. So what about when the Steelers had the ball? We'll get into that. And those matchups coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online because Bet Online is a one stop shop for all things sports wagering. You get the latest odds, trends, prop bets. Maybe you like the over for T. Higgins. We haven't talked about these receivers. Or you think that Tyler Boyd is going to go home to Pittsburgh and have 15 receptions? That would be wild. But you can wager on those things and so much more at Bet Online from the NBA to College football, college football in full swing. College basketball now beginning. Did you see NKU take down my Bearcats? Oh, brutal. Regardless, you can wager on all things sports with Bet Online. So go there now, sign up for free, start winning today. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I did not see that the the Bearcats lost to NKU. Yeah, dude. I don't even. Uh. What? That's a preseason game. Eleven second half points. Oh my god. Eleven. They were one and a half. To Eleven second half points. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah. The, not the, good. That's like all right. Lou Anarumo must have been coordinating NKU's defense in the second half. Maybe yeah. that's it. The second half defense, man. He said, "Hey, no touch. We got to make some adjustments." Only free throws. Man, that's a, that's a stretch. It's a stretch of an analogy. Him and Brian, and only people that listen to our interviews are going to get this. Brian Callahan and Luana Rumo must have been the ones shooting. That's why they oh, only yeah. scored 11. <laughs> oh, must have, must yeah, that's have been what, the way it was going. That, that's what we should do. We, we get the coordinators on for interviews, and then we should just make fun talk of them. smack about them shooting free throws. <laughs> that's what we – yeah, that, that's the play. I think they would laugh at that. I, I think so, too. I would hope so, anyway. Anyway, DJ Reader should be back for this Bengals defense. And uh, getting him out there with Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson and BJ Hill gives the Bengals a defensive front that collectively could be every bit as productive and as impactful in a football game as a Pittsburgh Steelers defensive front. The sack numbers aren't there for the defense this year, but... They've been doing well with getting pressure. And as we've talked about all year, the back seven 
continues to be very disciplined. Lou Anarumo does a good job of changing the picture, especially for these inexperienced quarterbacks. And while he did give Kenny Pickett for being disciplined, especially for a guy as early in his career as he is, and the Bengals have given credit to Kenny Pickett's athleticism, it feels again to me like the Bengals defense should be favored here. Barring, again, barring the crazy turnover stuff that we saw in week one, we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers offense had a pretty hard time moving the ball for most of that game. And I don't really see that changing. There are some good players on this offense. Don't get me wrong. George Pickens could do something crazy in this game. Deontay Johnson, we've talked about a lot. I know he's, I know you're really fond of him. I am too. I think he's a, a good player, Pat Pharma. Really, really good player. Pat is, 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 is good. Led them in targets end. last week. Yeah. Najee Harris seems to be getting it going a little bit, but like there's nothing here that scares you on a consistent basis, at least for me. I would be let down by this defense if it's a repeat of the Cleveland Browns game where the Browns found consistent success just, just running the ball, really. But the, the Steelers, not that kind of running team. They mm-hmm. might want to be. They don't have those guys up front. They don't have that guy in the backfield either, in Nick Chubb and, and Najee Harris. But am, am I crazy here to, to think that this should be pretty tough for the Steelers' offense? No, you're not crazy. And for a few reasons. One, you're right. They don't have the men in the trenches. I think Najee Harris is pretty good back. But they I mean, it's not Nick not, Chubb, though. No, well, no, no one right now yeah. is Nick Chubb. Yeah, you know. Um, but he's a pretty good back. But they're like giving Jalen Warren snaps, and uh, part of it is I think he's you know how we say like quarterbacks are seeing ghosts. I think you know Harris same way. Even when he does have lanes, like there was a clip, I think Goodberry shared it a few weeks ago. Harris caught a ball on the flat, and he it was like third and three or something, and he got tackled at like the line of scrimmage. And if he just goes forward. Samaj Piran like gets the first down. Like Samaj Piran would have gotten that first down, and Harris just didn't didn't do it. He tried to make a man miss and hesitated. And anyways, take advantage of that. I think that's key number one outside of forcing turnovers, which you could say the key every week. I don't want this run game to get going and have their oh, imagine that Najee Harris got going. It's like you don't want to be talking about next week, hearing about how Najee Harris. Hopefully, you bought him low in fantasy. No, shut that bleep down and how about that bleep really high-end bleeps coming from mm-hmm. locked on state-of-the-art studio quality yep. shut the run game down though and make kenny pickett beat you behind an offensive line that's a little better right but he's clearly willing to to force some throws and not make other throws with guys open and he's a rookie and he's working through some things and yeah george pickens really talented hasn't put it all together yet clearly and Deontay Johnson, I like him a lot, and he's going to make plays. You know, th- these guys are going to make plays, but they're still containable, and it's realistic to, mm-hmm. to contain them to 17 points, let's say, as, as a reasonable expectation because of the quarterback, because of the offensive line, and because this Bengals defense is really darn good. And that's the other part of it. I think Luana Rumo in this defense is going to be. Really good, even without Chidobe Awuzie. Getting DJ Reader back is huge. Trey Hendrickson is fresh. Sam Hubbard is fresh. You know, I, I just I think these guys they're playing well together, and they just got a guy in Reader who's who's going to change things a bit. So I expect them to play at a really high level on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the Pittsburgh offense comes from, how Lou Anarumo decides he wants to attack the Kenny Pickett quarterback Steelers offense. Pickett is throwing deep about 11% of the time. So it's, it's not a, a massive volume, but it's it's respectable. They are pushing the ball downfield at times. Pick, pick it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously that that this is, is a always, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates, get your money, Bates. Get two always the goal. But but to me, there there's a very conservative approach in this game that should hypothetically work as long as you don't get Mike Whited, which is to do to the Steelers what teams are doing to the Bengals and and to drop back into cover two quite a bit. And, and I mean, the Bengals will mix things up on defense, but on normal standard downs, not on third downs, not in, in third and longs or whatever, make them, make them throw it underneath, tackle well, and, and make them matriculate the ball down the field, right? Because they don't have the guys that, that make me think they can execute consistently those 15-play drives. If, mm-hmm. if they get one or two 15-play drives, you know, they, they score, maybe one gets stopped at the goal line, one goes for a touchdown, and it takes them all those plays to score 10 points or 14 points even. I feel like that's still okay because I don't think they're going to be able to do that the whole game. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm thinking, like, there's this possibility where the Bengals could just say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to keep the ball in front of us and tackle well. And at some point, your rookie quarterback's going to make a mistake. Yeah. You're going to trick him at some point. And, and he has been somewhat turnover prone. The the other uh, part of this, yeah, he has been a little turnover prone, and you'd like to take advantage of that. The other part of this, and I just don't want to forget it, the special teams element here. Oh yeah, we we don't know who's punting for the Bengals as of at the time of recording. Drew Christman has punted in both practices when the media uh, was there. So has Kevin Huber. Like, could they be making that call? To me, I'll say it. I, I'm going to just make the decision now. And it's really not that much of a take. It's going to be cold. It's AFC North. Field position is going to matter. Give me the dude that can punt it the farthest. If holding, if, if if holding isn't this huge issue between the two, and Darren Simmons says it's not, and I don't think he's BSing us, and it's the same between Huber and, and Chrisman. It's not like Evan McPherson's been making everything, anyways. Switch yeah. it up. Go with the guy who's got the bigger leg, who can flip the field. And if you get a touchback out of it, well, guess what? We just spent eight minutes talking about how this defense should be okay against this offense overall. So not the worst thing in the world. So that, to me, that's the route I would go. And then the other part is, of course, Evan McPherson. You're gonna, you might need him. And I think they are going to need him. I'll give you my prediction in a second, but I think they are going to need him. I think he's going to be used early and often in this one. Tough to kick in Pittsburgh, too. There's weird wind stuff in that yeah. stadium. The Bengals have had right a tough on the water, right on the river. Yeah, the Three Rivers. Uh, Three River Stadium used to be <laughs> the. Anyway, um, the, the, the counter argument, by the way, to, to the Drew Christman idea is that it is in Pittsburgh and the winds I are know. weird. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. If they do choose yeah. to go with, with Huber for a week, it could be that, like, oh, he he knows the stadium. He he's experienced here a little bit more, so so that could be something and, that they're thinking about. Because I, I think I think you know the fact that he's still on the team means they have to be thinking about it at least a little bit. His yeah. veteranness. Sure. Well, that's the thing. I don't think 
You really think Kevin, again, Thursday night as we record this, is going to show up on Friday and they say you're gone? Like, that just seems weird. It, it, that would be weird to me, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's something you do Monday, not Friday. So, so yeah, over the bye so, week, especially. So, you, so, to me, you would elevate and make Huber inactive, as awkward as that is. Now, odds are that's not the case. Odds are it's going to be Kevin Huber. Odds are he's going to punt okay. And we're still probably going to be talking about it next week. So I'm not predicting that it's going to be Christman. But I, I just think it's almost time to it, – it, not almost time. It's time to rip the Band-Aid off a bit. And it has nothing to do with Kevin at all as much as it has to do with this team kind of moving forward with, with the guy that I, is going to succeed in many ways. And something tells me that Drew Christman will be just fine punting at uh, – what is it? Akershire Stadium or whatever it is, Heinz Field. Yeah, the the stadium in Pittsburgh on the Three Rivers. The interest in the punter, punter position will continue. If Kevin Huber does punt and he punts okay, that would be an improvement over what we've seen in recent weeks. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, we, we've talked at length, I think, more than we need to about punters uh, in, in terms of, of his performance. But special teams definitely is always an X factor. The way turnovers are always X factors. You take care of the ball. You, you take the ball away. You take care of special teams. Usually you win. Uh, all else equal. And, and those are X factors for that reason. James, let's get your preview real quick. Uh, has, it, has it changed at all since yesterday? Yeah, I, I think I'm more set on the 26-17 score. Mm. Um, you know, I said 26-20 and, and I'm going back and forth. I don't think they get the 30, but I think they're efficient enough on offense to move the ball pretty consistently. They settle for a couple short field goals, get a long field goal, you know, maybe early in the game, maybe before halftime. But I think McPherson goes four for four from field goals or on field goals, two for two on extra points, bounces back. We call him Money Mac. We get with Schultz and Sons about getting him, you know, a money chain or something just because, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe he gets the Schultz and Sons game ball, right? Maybe that's a prediction. Maybe we'll do predictions every time. Um, but I, I think this offense is going to move the ball. This defense is going to do enough. 26-17. It's not all pretty, but it's enough. And they go wire to wire. Don't trail. Unless it's early, maybe they give up a field goal early. But I, I think they lead most of the game and control it throughout. So so you're you're calling a Evan McPherson bounce back and an offensive pretty pretty darn good day. If you're ending yeah. six of your drives with points, I would yeah. say that would be pretty good against. Yeah, the they move the ball. Has some guys. Yeah, they move the ball, but the, the Steelers step up and, and keep them keep their offense in the game mm -hmm. by forcing some field goals. So it's never like out of reach for Pittsburgh, but it never feels like they're they're truly threatening, despite that you know it being a an under ten point game. Yeah, I can see that being the case, especially if the Bengals do take care of the ball pretty well. You could definitely see something like that. All right. Well, I guess that's that. The Bengals playing not on Sunday night, but on Sunday afternoon, the late window in Pittsburgh. We'll be back with you after the game with all your takeaways as the Bengals are seeking their first victory in the AFC North. I really hope we're talking about it. <laughs> oh, oh. in the AFC North does not feel like something I want to talk about. So let's talk about one win in the AFC North and 1-0 and in the second Is this a woo game? Go ahead, Jake. No. This has got to be a woo game. It's got to be? AFC I know, I know the people are thirsty for it, but this is still a 3-6 and six Steelers team. For me, 
the woo game candidate is like the chiefs and the bills and maybe the buccaneers depending on what's at stake in that game so two games a year you believe that the bengals are zero and three in the division it's a must win and jake is saying it's not a woo game i mean the the expectations are raised as I've said multiple times this year, when, when you go to the Super Bowl, the expectations go up. And they've already fallen short of what we were talking about before the year. Before the year, we were talking about competing for the number one seed. And they're not in that conversation right now. So, all I'm saying, expectations are up for me, for this team. And that translates to well, our Well, then just say you want them to win sure. 50 to nothing. Yeah, they got to win 50 to nothing then. How about sure. that? Then they're right. doing 50 to nothing. Yep. That all right. That that that's that's a deal. Until the post game show, Bengals fans, thanks for the, listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Enjoy your weekend, who day, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.